poor Chad, can you guys please watch this fucking TikTok? Judy from Star Wars? Start your sublight engines. It's time for RuPaul's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week of chaos. I'm Claudia. My pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. Um, my dinner of the week um, is very on theme. It is uh, Gaslight, Gatekeep, Grey Jedi Boss. Hi, I'm Jez. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Kawaii Jessio. And my gender this week is POV Vernestra Rowe only gives you one single glass of tang and a fruit roll-up for a meal. She's doing her best. Emery Cantero's yeah. mom, period. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on TikTok at The Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is um, the MLM that is the Sith Inquisitors, because I do feel like they have very big be your own boss energy, and that's how they recruit people. Like, cano- like canonically, like, I think that's like, I think that's the closest thing to an actual MLM that, I mean, we've been joking for like weeks. They do but... torture them to make them into Inquisitors, so it's not really as much of like a voluntarily joined thing as it is a like forcibly coerced, but like, well, no, what is LuLaRoe if not forcible Sith conversion? But they also like they're also like yeah they're fall like fallen jedi like they do choose to be there and then vader tortures them we're so, getting like, a little bit into the ethics of mlms and i don't know if i'm prepared to talk about that on our Lula star wars Rich? podcast <laughs> have not watched lula rich and the nihil are right there anyway yeah. hello <laughs> my name is mel i use they them pronouns you can find me on tiktok at grunkle rex um and my gender this week is arinda Price's Hannah Montana wig from Thrawn 2017. Yeah. Every time that she walks on screen, it plays that audio track in the background. My name is Ollie. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on most social media at Ollie Fresh. And my gender this week is... um, I'm really hoping that we get to see this icon in Book of Boba Fett, uh, Girl Bosk. If you guys haven't guessed, the theme for this week's episode is Girl Bosses. We make the joke, Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss, a lot. Um, but let's start, let's go around. What do you all think? What defines a girl boss for you? Epic woman. Like, MILF, but evil? Like, that's kind of, I think, a good... I mean, they don't have... A girl boss does not need to be a MILF, but, like, an evil MILF is a girl boss, if that makes sense. You have sort of created a universe I, where a girl boss is evil. I, I don't think you have to be evil to be a girl boss. I just wanted to say, I thought a girl boss was just any uh, person who identifies as, like, a girl who is, uh, you know, winning and being epic. <laughs> and sometimes it just happens that they're evil, like Noah said, but, like... Yeah, you don't have to be evil to be a girl boss. I think that's something we also have to think about because there is like the more um, hyperbole of like what a girl boss is of like, oh my God, love to see a girl boss winning to like what an actual girl boss is, right? Because a girl boss in my mind's eye is like a woman who is looking for power, whatever that may mean, and is doing whatever she can to obtain that power so if that is in the context of an mlm she is cold dming people that she went to high school with um and in like a corporate sense she is like putting laxatives in people's coffee 
so she can be the only person at the meeting, you know? I feel I should clarify, um, because when I say girl boss, let me list some people from the world that come to mind and that may contextualize why I started with evil. Amy Dunn from Gone Girl. <laughs> Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> I was like, I was waiting for you to say Elizabeth Holmes because I was like, yes, girl I- I think that, because what... here's my thing. I think that she is truly a girl boss. Manipulative girl bossery to me is not always evil, but like I think what Mel was saying was onto the right track of like it's not it's personal morals. It's like what's working for me, regardless of the methods. Like I think that Amy Dunn really did a great thing by framing her husband for murder just to punish him for cheating on her. Like I think that that's. What more people should get involved with? So, doing. are you That's saying? So, are you saying that Thrawn is a girl boss? Yes. I was okay. also going to say spoilers for Gone Girl. Men can be girl bosses too, but I do also. I want to push the movement of boy boss because, like, it's stupid if you to like gender just one of them. I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, I see you. <laughs> boy bosses represent. So this is my also my theory is that there's girl boss, there's boy boss, and then there's boss thoughts yeah um, yeah i agree i think boss is boss is like a different that's a different kind of level bosses also just makes me think of gustavo from big time rush rush for some reason i don't oh, know why I think gustavo from ratatouille <laughs> okay like general Baki. his name was his name is also gusto so that's a cringe on my part I, general bakif does have no, boss vibes boss yeah armani is a girl boss dodona is a boss and he's the Ben dude. He's we can't we can't boss. accidentally create a gender binary of bosses. Uh, anyways, um, so yeah, so there's that more like there's the hyperbole of of girl boss, which is like, oh my god, so true, bestie. Like I'm so happy that you've done what you've done, and you're just like taking action, whatever means justify the whatever the fuck the phrase is. And then there is like an actual girl boss. So yeah, I think that's what it is. I I think that. As somebody who has um, been, like, abused in the workplace by an actual CEO girl boss, I feel like I am an expert. Um, <laughs> shout out, girl. But I, it, it doesn't, I feel like in my definition, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad person. But it's definitely, like, if they are doing bad things, it's definitely a situation of, like, girl, I know you're, you're, it's, you're being evil, but I can respect it. Like, you're 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 girl bossing and i can Um, respect it like that's kind of i think where the vibe of girl boss can i say something um because i feel like we framed these girl bosses as being an evil class despite the fact that like well no but let me let me because we've even though we've said like oh yeah they do bad things and we've said like oh they're not necessarily evil but i do just want to clarify that genuinely like there are in my opinion what a girl boss is is a girl who is doing things she's a mover she's a shaker she's motivated she's getting it done that's what I think a girl boss is and I think you can add caveats that may or may not like change what type of girl boss but I think you have and and you'll see through this episode through the people we've chosen because there's a huge range of characters who it's like this is a girl who gets shit done versus this is a girl who's horrible (laughs) But she is getting it done. Like, there's there's a huge range. So just because she's evil doesn't mean she can't be a girl boss. But not all girl bosses are evil. evil. In fact, some mm-hmm. are quite some are quite um good. 
it has just occurred to me that I may have chosen the worst girl boss of us. See, certain, like, fictional universes, and this is why Star Wars is a good one to talk about girl bosses in, if it's one that tends to be male-dominated and then there's less girl characters and then they either the girl characters we have they're very good but there's very few of them or we start to have lots of them but like later on and they're making up for a lot of stuff the symptom of that then becomes they're like women just getting shit done because they're the only ones around and star wars is literally the definition of that so then it it just manufactures girl bosses you know in 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 the very few pieces of media where it's like saturated with female characters it's a little there are girl bosses but there's far less i think in star wars it's like why are they all girl bosses it's like because they're 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 doing all the work for the few women usually around them (laughs) as a homosexual supporter i want to make it clear that (laughs) i can't even get that sentence um it's an ally no one would like to say something but like as a gay man I just gravitate towards like supporting evil women. Like when I watched Snow White as a child, I was like, no, 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 the evil queen has a point. Like, I think she should speak. So I don't think girl bossery is necessarily evil. It just so happens that I happen to love evil women. (laughs) That's so crazy because same. Well, uh, speaking of evil women, um, I'm going to start with my girl boss, who is the one, the only Asajj Ventress. Um, she's the reason that I said, uh, you know, gray Jedi boss. Um, she is probably the closest thing we do really have to a gray Jedi in the canon. Um, and she's a great example of like walking the gray morality line. Um, and, uh, somebody who's not necessarily evil all the time. Um, and you know, that's what, that's what I just start. Well, bosses don't have to be all bad. Um, and I mean, I don't have to really make the case that she's a girl boss. We all agree. I guess we should just begin with example. My defining girl boss scene, I mean, for a lot of people, she was introduced in the Clone Wars movie and she was actually in the Clone Wars 2003. Um, so she's like, she's a foundational girl boss to Star Wars. Like she's been around for a bit. Um, and a defining girl boss scene for me is the one where she kind of whips around on Anakin and it's like, well, that's what you did to your apprentice. So, and what about it? Um, and it was, it was not only just a really cool, like emotional moment, whatever, but it was very like, yeah, she, she at this, like, I believe at that point she's like lost her whole lightsabers, whatever. And she's just like, um, it's very, um, women supporting women. It's very, uh, lean in, uh, very lean in girl supporting girls. Um, <laughs> um, but it's like, I, to me, like, that's a standout moment for her. Cause it's not like her being like badass and fighting whatever. That's her being like, you have let down the women in your life. Look at your life. Look at your choices. Um, and I was like, wow. Um, she is the icon. She is the moment. So that's my, that's my, um, that's my defining moment for her um something i think that's very powerful about ventress too that falls into like i think this sort of girl boss narrative um is the idea that like she was a part of the night sisters and while there's a lot of night sisters lore that we don't get necessarily like on screen in clone wars but in clone wars they kind of show the night sisters as while it's a quote-unquote supportive sort of uh environment it's also like extremely toxic 
at certain points. So I think it, there's something very powerful about Ventress, like breaking out of that mold and doing her own thing. And while she still acknowledges her past, she's like, actually I'm doing my own thing. And that's very girl boss of her. Like I just, that's a very powerful narrative and it adds to her girl bossery. As someone who grew up in uh, a dance environment full of women, a, a toxic environment full of women, Ventress, like you literally are a, like, that's I, the way I identify um, so much. Um, I actually toyed also with picking Mother Talzin for this because she is, she might go into like when we were talking about boss, but I, I would even put her in like woman boss, which is- like, She's a boss, babe. She's a boss, babe. Like she's <laughs> at the head of the upline of the MLM. So like, it's a little different, but- um... She is LuLaRoe. I don't know anything about LuLaRoe. <laughs> oh my God. Did you get your mother Talson leggings? <laughs> the idea, I, I like the idea too. Like, cause here's when you're like, she is LuLaRoe. Like imagine you sell enough leggings and you get like a final boss. Besties, it's like I, a fucking souls game. The door, you like push the doors open and then orchestral music like swells and you have to cut down LuLaRoe with an ass. That's literally what Dooku did. <laughs> Besties, I hate to break it to you, but like, it's also a little canonical. So there's this like extra story. LuLaRoe is canon. No, 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 no. Okay, so, so, so her like, like being like. Aaron is like, hey, I best- survived LuLaRoe. Now I'm telling no, my story. No, Mother Talzin being like, hey, best the girly, do you want to like be your own boss? Is a little bit canonical. So if you read the Clone Wars stories of light and dark anthology, there is a story at the end of it that is not a part of the Clone Wars, like an extra story um, that is about this like basically basically dathomirian sith witch woman who like didn't wasn't a part of the 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 night sisters and grew up and basically made herself like a like a golem daughter basically and she trains this daughter and like loves her very much whatever and then mother Talzin is like um but i want to steal her um to have another girl in my fucking cult um and so and she eventually does steal this girl um and by recruiting her to her mlm the night sisters um and it becomes a whole thing uh and then obviously the night sisters get destroyed or whatever whatever and it's like oh did she survive did she not and like that's kind of what the story is about the whole crux of the story is that mother talzin did um be like hey girly i know you've been like trapped in the woods with your mom all this time do you want to like be your own boss and be like your own um witch um do you do you do you wish to live fergaliciously first of all i love ventress a lot um she's one of my favorite characters in star wars um i think she just has a very beautiful story and it reminds me of another character that we'll be talking about next week uh when we talk about ronin she just has a, a a really fascinating narrative and i think just like from a hashtag feminism point of view like she's one of the few like female darksiders that we ever interact with i think in canon she's like the only one um well i mean no that's not true because we have like people but like in the prequel era um because in the ot we'll get there when we get there um but i don't know there's just something about her that makes me feel maybe girl bosses have a point maybe they deserve rights she also was like her design is also based on like early concepts for vader as grievous was as well and stuff like that um and like and she's also another like narrative foil for vader in some ways um which george just loved to do uh with any villain in the clone wars era she's kind of like oh this is what anakin could have been um if he didn't decide to fuck it all up as well so um speaking of her design um I think she has a lot of very cool outfits. Um, I love her little Night Sisters inspired like black 
bounty hunter outfit. Um, I do want to say though, something that I do think is very funny is when she was not wearing shoes for a considerable amount of time. Case. I think it was the siege on Camino, and I was yes. like, girl, was this directed by Joss Whedon? What in the fuck? <laughs> so I made a TikTok about that oh months and months ago, and someone to me was like, why were you looking at her feet? Because they're just out. She is running around a place that has a lot of like sharp edges and like she could just like hobbit moment hurt herself she's using it to distract the clones little did you know actually is the jango fed had a foot fetish not jango foot fetishist it's It's genetic jango foot getting away from her feet promptly (laughs) the thing that i like about her like as a character is that her motivations for using the dark side and her internal conflict about what it means to use it at all are so much more interesting to me than anything Anakin ever says or does or talks about. Like Anakin is like, oh man, I'm sad all the time. And Ventress is like, I actually have complexity and depth and things to say about shit, (laughs) which makes her a girl boss. I just wanted to like talk about um, Ventress like in I know it's not canon, but the 2003 Clone Wars, even like back then, she was like pretty epic. She like kicked so many people's asses in like 2003 Clone Wars. And she, um, I'm pretty sure, almost kicked Dooku's ass, which is why he's just like, hey, you know what? <laughs> you want to join my MLM? Um, but then she did, she, she, did have that like fight with Anakin there and the whole thing with Anakin eating bugs. That's gross. <laughs> but uh Ventress, yeah, as a character, I just um when from the moment I first started watching Clone Wars and saw Ventress, I was just like, oh, she's she's really epic. This is <laughs> this woman's really cool. I did also want to say, um, just very quick, I think one of my favorite scenes like from the Clone Wars era is the scene where she's talking to Rex where she's like hey where'd they take Jabba the Hutt's stinky little baby um from the Clone Wars movie that is like I think a defining scene because Captain Rex is one of my all-time favorite characters like from anything ever and I was like dang she's such a girl boss like I remember watching that and being like wow these these are both this is girl boss on boy boss violence, but I didn't think she, about like, that scene a lot. Didn't she also kind of like um mind trick like Rex to like try to figure out where the heck like Anakin and Ahsoka were? So she sort of did, and then Rex was like, "Okay, Anakin," and Anakin was like, "Rex would never call me Anakin." Yeah, he's like, <laughs> and that's something he's like, he was he'd wrong. never do that." I was just thinking about Ventress's uh, like backstory. I find it so fascinating as well. Um, first of all, baby Ventress. Girl, what was what's the makeup situation? Because you look like you were like fully like like ready to go to the Met Gala. Like I don't know what's happening there. But I was thinking about like how she was she was being trained to be a Jedi. Um and that did remind me of one Tyoric and it just made me happy and I'm just thinking about those two girl bosses together. People who know me, you know that Maul is one of my favorite characters. Uh, Ventress is also one of my favorite characters, and the only reason that I connect with Maul more, I guess, is mostly just because, like, he's in it a lot, and if you've ever heard me talk, I will always say, like, it is, while I love Maul, it is criminal, criminal, that they were like, we're gonna kill her off, but we're gonna keep bringing this motherfucker back, um, 
And, and I'm like, why? What was the reason? What was the reason? Like, both of their stories are incredibly interesting, whatever. Like, you couldn't bring her back? Really? You couldn't bring her back? Why'd she have to die? Whatever. I mean, That's fucking yes. George Lucas. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I will say this. A lot of Ventress's stuff, shout out to Katie Lucas, because she wrote um, all of the, um, like, Night Sisters stuff. And I believe she also wrote the arc that became Dark, two arcs that became Dark Disciple. So, Katie, gr- girl, why, why were you going to kill, why are you going to kill Ventress? Maybe it wasn't her choice. I don't know. I will say, like, every time I love something about Maul, I think of, like, oh, how much fucking cooler would this have been with Ventress? Um, obviously, <gasps> with Maul is very much connected to Mandalore, very much connected to Obi-Wan, etc., etc. The stuff with Ventress... <sighs> What gets interesting in Dark Disciple is how it, like, exposes the hypocrisies of the Jedi Order or whatever. And I think, Mel, you were the one who was talking about how she's much more complex than Anakin, whatever. Like, she has, she has, she has more, there, I think the reason she's just interesting is, like, she has more reasons. She's like, oh, I don't just, like, hate the Jedi for whatever reason because I'm Maul and now I hate what i hate obi-wan because he cut off my legs she's like no i have like specific grievances against how various people have treated me over a over a period of time and i like you know what i'm gonna change my mind and change my goals and whatever like a kind of a normal person and not like an archetype an archetypical character i think she feels more like a person than a character um which is which is cool um which also just makes spending less time with her suck um and i think that's also what makes her more like of a girl boss because you're just like yeah you're like relatable queen like i don't know um i was gonna say i did just imagine a timeline where ventress is alive during rebels um and i'm thinking about the concept of like her just being a member of the ghost crew and Kana being like, this is how we need to rebuild the Jedi Order. And she's like, that's fucking stupid. Anyway, do you want to see some cool, do you want to see some cool tricks, Ezra? And Ezra's like, I mean, yeah. The idea would be so good. Oh my God. The idea of Sabine Wren being taught how to wield the Darksaber <gasps> by Asajj Ventress. Oh, oh please don't say that. You're going to make me cry. I, okay, the idea of Ventress being... The idea of Ventress meeting Sabine Wren is so good. We talked about a cool, epic Asajj Ventress. And uh, my girl boss, although technically, like, Ventress is, like, Asajj's, like, you know, last name. My girl boss's, like, name does start with a V. And it is one Vernestra Rowe, who, in a way, like, you can kind of, like, also, like, draw some parallels with the fact that um, Vern does have a very cool uh, lightsaber that does turn into a whip, too, much like how the Night Sisters also have their cool, like, light whips, which they also make references to that with Vern being like, oh, I turned my lightsaber into a light whip which is something that like the the night sisters do on death the mirror but it's so it's kind of like well i i can't tell anyone about my my cool epic lightsaber because like what if they think oh oh no that's like a, a dark side thing because the night sisters do that kind of moment vernestro Vern, she's very important to me <laughs> she falls more into the category of <laughs> like a, a not <laughs> toxic girl boss girl boss honorary yeah girl boss honorary (laughs) she's a good she's a good girl boss Uh, like a good boss yeah vernestra is just 
an icon because in its truest form, she is a girl boss. She was a Jedi Knight at what, 15? Yeah, she got knighted at 15 and in the books is currently like 17. So it's been like yeah. two years since and she, she was knighted. She did and get she already a Padawan. <laughs> yeah, so. she, she's the epitome of talk shit, get hit. Like, get I'm getting it done. So sorry to literally everyone else. So sorry to Elzar Man who did yes. not become become a mess until he was like 35. I already have a Padawan. Is she that kid in high school who like is like, yeah, um, I'm actually already taking college classes. Um yeah. she's the eleven year old in the high school. She is <laughs> she she is the ant farm. She's the person who's like, this 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 14 year old graduated Harvard. <laughs> like that's her. And with that same, like, also deeply burnt out, gifted kid uh, vibes coming her way. Yep. But they're not there yet. Like, on a physical level, I just love the way she's, like, drawn. And her, like, entire vibe is so wonderful. Um, I am now thinking about her as, like, a 14-year-old college burnout, though. And that is making me feel a little bit insane. I like the idea of her, like, sipping on a coffee like it's whiskey. Like, that's... That's where she is in her day. <laughs> Everyone's like, are you okay? She's like, you don't want to know what I know. <laughs> As a character, she's just so like cool to me. Cause like even though she is like, you know, a Jedi, she is probably one of the most most empathetic like characters I've like witnessed in like things. Cause like, you know, with the Jedi, there's like the whole thing with like, you know, don't form attachments because like, you know, attachments could like lead you down that like the dark side path but like Vern like understands like people like are all like different and like though yeah she doesn't like really form attachments because she is someone who is canonically ace and aromantic so in A Test of Courage there's some characters sorry spoilers for this kind of but like some characters who are going through it and like she understands like oh not everyone's gonna like you know mourn or like like deal with their like issues the same way like a Jedi would and so like I'm gonna like let them have their like little moment of being like sad and like it's okay to be sad for you okay and just like Vern you're so epic and cool also the fact that uh she can vaguely skywalk just ascendancy people you understand what I'm talking about no I did also want to say like I think Vernesha Rowe is the perfect example of like what's the difference between the Jedi Order during the High Republic and during um you know like the prequels era and I think it's really cool how you see like her you know how almost like she embodies the ideologies of the Jedi and like what a Jedi is supposed to be. And I do think that as the series goes on, we will see more of like that breaking down and being like, well, here's how this might be unrealistic for a person to live this way their whole life. And here's what, here's how we end up where we are in the prequels. Um, So that being said, it's obviously not like a perfect existence, but like, it's really great to see a character who's just like, you know what, I'm a rounded out person and I've got my issues, but the Jedi the Jedi are more of a belief system and it's more of a way to live your life by than like a strict code of rules that must be followed. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's a very good commentary on like organized religion, but that's not for this podcast. Uh, I was going to say that is kind of also the plot of Dark Disciple and um, Ventress's whole arc. And I was going to ask you guys, the High Republic people, like um, 
I I know that a lot of the purpose of the High Republic and exploring the Jedi at that point was kind of delving into that because I think that like that was like that was kind of the questions that they didn't really have the time to explore. But like with Ventress's arc in in that like at one point she kind of puts a mirror on like when she's kind of looked at herself and looked at her own choices and done her own growth and she's like then helped uh somebody else do his own growth and then she has to kind of be like hey guys um aren't these your ideals i mean i'm not one of y'all but like isn't this one of your ideals um and it you know your 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 actions are not lining up with your ideals uh she has a very powerful quote in that book um that i can't remember um but those of you who are uh high republic stands um is that something that is they is explored yeah they have the tactical advantage of everyone being on basically the same page about that like there are like some some notable like people who aren't quite on at at there uh but for the most part they're all like yeah that's that's how it be um and a lot of like vernestra's struggles first of all are very relatable um she has this whole thing her main her main not okay this is not her main conflict but the conflict that we see her really like struggle with her in her head which i think symbolizes more but you know that's how books are um is that she doesn't want to tell her math her former master that she has a light whip and not just like a normal lightsaber like that is something that really weighs on her that she's like he is not gonna like this and it's like you know like you are becoming someone that your teacher like didn't think you were going to be um and like it's not even a bad thing like literally her white li- her light whip is just epic like it's not her like being like i'm evil <laughs> sorry stellan um <laughs> uh it's just her like having to confront that she is not the perfect person that he kind of perceives her to be or at least she thinks he perceives her as are we saying that girl bossery is like becoming your own person even if other people don't like it is that what we're saying yes <laughs> yeah i think on on some level i also think that's why like the whole conflict of being like trying to live up to the image that somebody else has built that you think somebody else has built of you uh terror first of all but like i think what's interesting about it in the era that is the high republic is i'm not I'm not sure if I'm comfortable saying that they're more flexible with their understanding of the force because they are still pretty clearly like there is a dark side and there is a light side. But I would say if the problem in the Clone Wars era is the stagnation of the Jedi Order, we haven't, that's not happening in the High Republic. There's room to ask questions and there's room to explore what the point of the Jedi ideals are in the first place. Or Ledgerani moment. Literally. And I think um, there's, that's the whole thing of like, um, they're called way seekers right the ones who are like we're gonna yeah go out and have a good time like that's an entire sect of the jedi order that's trying to better explore what the force means and what it looks like and i think that that's very fun and i do think that on some level girl bossery means being your own person regardless of the consequences that it might bring to other people it's like be your most authentic self even if that means doing something that isn't the best for everybody that is the most like 2015 buzzfeed feminism of girl bossery definition of it all um i'm being like you know what um (laughs) toxic individualism no but but in a but for but for some of our characters in a healthy way and for some of our characters in a way (laughs) i i think it's also like the distinction of like 
how they live, right? Because Asajj, although was born amongst the Night Sisters, she like has this brief encounter with the Jedi Order to some lesser extent. Not actually. I th- I'm pretty sure her master just is like, I'm gonna take you on as an apprentice, even though no, you're not part of the Order. She's stolen. She's stolen by. She's stolen from the Night Sisters. Mm-hmm. She's a slave, and then she's freed by yes, the Jedi by Master. The, and so she yeah, but she's not. Him. But she's not inducted into the Order. No. He's just like, hey, bestie, like, let's do this little fun little side project which is fucked up anyways but like for Vern, like that's the culture that she is raised in and like when you have such like a communal um like such a community-based society or religion that you are a part of like sometimes having that moment of individualism is like scary out of the shadows is really her girl boss moment because you she constantly questions herself like the whole premise of out of the shadows is she comes to coruscant and is like, I have been given a baby job, even though I am 17 oh, yeah. and like a whole ass, like, I'm basically an adult. I have a student. Like, th- why am I being infantilized like this? And then like, it actually does end up being important. And so that's nice. <laughs> Doesn't feel bad. Uh, but her self-doubt in that is just, I don't know. We love to see a girl boss winning. I don't need this homo to babysit me. And then she was like, actually, yes, I do. Come back, get your ass over isn't, here, please. Isn't that I the just, essence of being like that age range? I just wanted to say with like Mel bringing that up, that like it, that does tie into what you said earlier too, of like Vern, like struggling with like, you know, um, wanting to also like live up to the expectation she thinks like Stellan has for her. And so like, that struggle of like having to also like face the fact that like Stellan's just like oh yeah I'm also like you know sending Tomac to like help you and she's just like what the hell is that supposed to mean <laughs> like I thought you believed in me and now you're like get- making me have like a babysitter <laughs> what what's up with that the girl boss that I have brought to today's girl boss con is uh from Fallen Order to Fuck me. Um, I'm well, in order to I'm just, manif- I'm just manifesting that she's alive actually and is in the second game. Anyway, um, I am gonna be talking about spoilers for Fallen Order. So if you haven't played it, probably just skip the section entirely. Trilla is an inquisitor who is, I think, like the definition of a girl boss. Um, basically, she had the whole Inquisitor normal experience where her master did sort of run away to try and save her life and then she got kidnapped and turned into an evil Sith woman. Uh, here's I, And here's my thing. She's a girl boss in this game from like minute one of appearing on screen. She's not a girl boss when she murders Cal's friend in front of him. I don't think that's a girl boss moment. However, um, she does like do this thing when he's running away where she floats down from a platform and I'm like, step on me. Like, it's okay. I can be the platform for you. Like, she is so dramatic and all of her lines are like literally so attacking to everyone she's talking to. And I love her for this because this woman is talking to Cal Kestis and he's like, I will keep those children safe. And she fully is like, no, you won't because you suck. And I'm built to... Her exact lines are, I thought the same thing once, which is just like fucking incredible. Another great line that I just, I have so much of, of her in my brain, realist, like rent-free, um, is when she tries to get Cal to surrender and he ignites his lightsaber. Her only, she just goes outstanding and then goes to fucking fight him. And I'm like, you wanted this? That's, That's a what you wanted in this cave? 
That's very gay. Like that's very. Oh no, Trilla, lesbian woman icon. I will say, I think the saddest line for her that I didn't realize was sad on my first playthrough. So, um, Sarah is. Trilla's former master who basically leaves her to die in Fortress Inquisitorius because she has a dark side moment. Um, And when Trilla confronts Cal, she has this line that's like, um, what Jedi master gave their lives that you might survive? Which has an extra layer of sadness because Trilla realizes that Sarah wasn't willing to die for her Padawan and instead feels abandoned and terrible. And it's very sad. Also, because there's the one rescuing Cal. So she sees her and it's like, what the fuck? Like, girl. I do think like, this is one of my things I think about that game is like, you do get to see the POV like of the torture that they went through in order to try to, first of all, to break Seer into telling her because in Fallen Order, Trilla Trilla and Seer save a bunch of younglings during Order 66 and then they get captured and they basically torture both of them and the torture is like it's crazy and it's really really deeply upsetting and it's like dang that's so much i should say um i don't i i don't think like sarah's a bad person for leaving trilla behind i would have done the same like you, you see what they go through and like it's shit it's just more that like it's part of trilla's story and the most heartbreaking part of it is like at the end, uh, at the end of this game, and at the end of Trilla's narrative, she does like forgive her master largely because Sarah's like, "Listen, I had a dark side moment. It happened to the best of us." You have like this moment of vulnerability between these two characters, and that's like all it takes for Trilla to soften. Uh, is this notion like her master is per- is a person just like her? Which for me, the moment I liked about the thing I liked about this moment in story is that like we talk a lot about in Star Wars in general, like who the perfect Jedi is. And this game did this great thing where it's like, it's not possible. These are people who are just doing their best. And to have that be the moment that as Trilla be like, actually, I I was just hurt, but I'm not actually trying to be like an evil person. I just felt abandoned. I like, she's one of the only dark-sided characters that I'm like, yeah, I understand why you went to the dark side. That makes a lot of sense to me actually. Cause like, that was really rough. Whereas Anakin, I'm like, go to a therapist. For the love of God, like call someone. <laughs> um, when you were talking about, um, yeah, I had a little dark side moment, and then I wanted to talk to my apprentice. Um, last Jedi moment. Um, I truly, this is the difference between girl bosses and Kylo Ren. Um, <laughs> but, but like, like I haven't played Fallen Order, so I'm going off of what you're saying. Um, and I will play it eventually. Um, I am not a gamer. But it that is really Don't come for my brand. We were talking about oh, there is no perfect Jedi, whatever, and that's like not to like talk about the sequels or anything, but that's like why I loved um Luke in the sequels, and I love Luke in uh, the Last Jedi because it like really falls in line with a lot of the stuff that you see in the prequels and a lot of the complexity and whatever. And when I saw him, I was like, yes, more of this, please. I have a lot of problems with the Last Jedi other than that, but like I actually love that. So when I came out of that film and people were like, I. Actually, I hate it. I was like, what? Because like we see this in a lot of other Star Wars media and like maybe it's just because I'm like saturated in everyone was like, but he's Luke Skywalker. And I'm like, this is literally like I'm sure all the other so many other Jedi who end up being like being like that, like were like Luke when they were kids. So like, I, I don't know. Just looks 
old Luke moment, and I don't, I don't think that Kyle would have had the range. I think that's, um, I think that's why I love Fallen Order is because it never, um, it never tries to justify its in its characters' bad actions by their trauma. It just says this is why they're doing this, not it's okay for them to do that. Um, I will also say that like this game is chock fucking full of girl bosses. Like you have Trilla, you have Sarah, you have Marin, who is honestly just like as a person whose culture is a diaspora uh to have someone like remark upon the complicated feelings you have towards being the person supposed to carry your culture forward and also dealing with not entirely knowing how to do that I was like oh shit um I love you on so many fucking levels and you and you have Masonatide who is uh, the ninth sister I believe um and she's great. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I love that woman. Like so I, true, Bestie. She's scary, but also epic. She's yeah, very epic and scary. Wait, that's and kind of like Masana Tai. Please call me. I could fix her. You're so right for that. Also, Masana Tai. I I could talk about this game for like eight years, and I did on the gaming episode. Um, but like she has this series of lines when Cal's like, I wouldn't become an inquisitor, and she's like you are literally tortured until you crack or die. Go fuck yourself. Like, it's kind of a great moment, though. And that's, I know we're talking about, like, the semantic principles of girl bossery, which is, like, the world's second worst sentence right after Arenda Price as played by Lena Dunham. Uh, but I think the thing that is important about these characters is that they are all complex, interesting women who are seeking their own goals and that has problems, but like it's interesting to watch them do it. Just play Fall in Order. Yeah, if you're a girl boss enthusiast, that game has yeah. it all. Hey, girl bosses! We no, we sound like a fucking MLM. <laughs> the MLM is to, play, is to play Fall in Order. This this podcast has always been an MLM. It was an it it was a it was a Thrawn book MLM. Now it's a Fall in Order MLM. Let me just uh, preface this. My first and foremost, um, I was originally going to do Lorna D because um, that's a girl boss I love. Um, she keeps winning. I fucking hate Arinda Price. Um, she's one of the few characters in Star Wars that I might say I just genuinely dislike, hate even. And that, that list is pretty fucking short. It's Mart Matten and her. I don't oh, hate Kyle? I don't hate Kylo Ren. I think he serves the purpose of his narrative. Whatever. It'll what it, what it is what it is. But I hate Arinda. Mart. There is some I'm so sorry Mart Matt. They have kind of the same haircut. I think it's oh, just say that because I basically have Mart Madden's haircut. Just uh, if you I, gave if you gave me some turf bangs, I'd have the Arinda Price haircut, okay? A game recognizes game. So yeah, I do not like Arinda. Um for a number of reasons, but I do find her cat like her character to be very interesting and like genuinely a girl boss. I think for a lot of these these characters, it's like more like hyperbolic girl boss. Um, but no, Arinda, her entire character is a girl boss and a girl boss facing consequences for her. She's girl boss too close to the sun, you know. Um, truly, truly. I think about a lot of scenes with this woman. Um, I think about the scene where, like, she's, like, just, like, the vicious, vindictive girl boss 
of our dreams, right? Um, because she she starts out the child of these like this mining companies, um, like she's in charge of the mining company. Mining company gets repossessed. She enters politics simply so she can get back into that position of power, and that is the only reason she can pretend as much as she wants that like she's like oh I want to help people. No, because at the end of the day she consistently chooses the thing that is going to benefit her as opposed to others. Uh, there's, there's that part where she rats out her bestie in Thrawn. And then also, it occurred to me, she has a habit of blowing people up. Um, she blew up that fucking ISB agent and then she fucking blew up Kane and Jairus. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> she did also blow up literally an entire... Oh yeah, Town. like she yeah. killed this. This bitch killed a lot of people. So see, and now it makes sense why Thrawn is also so pissed in Rebels, not only about like you know losing the fuel tank and like Kane and Jairus just like he's just like, bitch again, again he's a, really? He's no, like, so damn this, bitch, do you have an explosion quota to fit? And no, like, am I is, missing something? This is where I'm gonna have to disagree with Mel. Yeah. Yes. Does she fit the like traditional definition of girl boss and that she is gaslight gatekeep girl boss? Like if that girl boss show were made in Star Wars, it would be about her. She's the nasty gal CEO kind of thing. However, a girl boss has to succeed at least consistently. And I think she has some successes. She does climb the ladder, whatever. And then she just kind of, like, keeps fucking up. Like, by the time we see her in Rebels, she's fucking up so hard that they have to bring in Thrawn. He's the fixer that is brought in because... And, well, and to be fair, she does recommend to bring him in because she's like, I know he can get shit done, whatever. But then, like, she fucks it up and the last season is like, oops, I blew up the fuel depot, whatever. He's like, what the fuck? But that's not... And then it's not even the first time she's, like, blown something up and kind of, like, fucked it up. So I feel like... She's not that successful of a girl boss. She embodies the girl boss mindset, but I don't think she's that successful. Arinda, I'm not sorry you are a turf. Okay, I have to disagree with you on basically all accounts because when Arinda did blow up that entire village, um, she did win. Like, she got her wet. And I will say the other thing, too, is she and Thrawn do show up together in Rebels. So she was like, hey, I was just hanging out with my bestie. So sorry I was busy, but I'm here now. Um, I think she had, like, a couple fatal mistakes, but, like, what girl bosses ever, like, win forever? Like, you think, like, Elizabeth Holmes is not, like, she's the Elizabeth no, Holmes of girl bosses. But here's my thing. Here's my thing with Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth, like, Elizabeth Holmes is, like, a constant gradient up and then a disastrous fall Which is what Arinda right? Price is. Girlbossing no, 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 is no. modern-day Icarus. No, no, no. Literally. No, but my argument is that Arinda Price is, like, a, like, a rise, but then, like, a crash, and then, okay, we're going, and then a crash, and then, okay, we're going, and then a huge fucking crash, and then she dies. Like, like, it's not, like, a, like, a like a, a heel turn or like her her final end or whatever like she has notable fuck-ups along the way it's not like oh everything's going great and then she like has a real fuck-up or, or gets defeated or whatever but with like price like i know she does die but like she 
in a way that <laughs> this is fucked up to say but she was continuing her her girl bossery because she chose that ending for herself because they were like come with us like you know um writer was like come 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 on arinda you can like leave with us yeah you'll probably face charges and shit like that but like you don't have to die and she's just like no i'm gonna stay here fuck you guys i'm gonna be blown up here whatever she went out the the way an explosion like everything else she did she died just how she lived Okay, because okay. I have I have actual thoughts about one uh, Arenda Turfang's price, uh, because here's my thing. I would also argue that she is like truly a girl boss. I of of the Thrawn books, I have only read the first one. And a uh, fun fact about me is that whenever I read a book that the rest of the pod has read, I will just live talk about my reactions to things. And I was horrified to discover I was kind of rooting for her in that book, like. And here's the thing, she is kind of great. Like, you don't, you know that she's priced, so you don't want her to do well, but like you watch her like angle everything the way it needs to be politically for her to get what she needs. And then when she's handed governorship of Lothal, you're like, holy shit. Like this woman just spent the last like two thirds of this book and turned to pull this shit off and then wins. And then she bombs people. But, like, you kind of love the journey for her. I'm not going to lie. Like, to add, I do not listen to audiobooks just in general. The other members of this podcast do. And notably, uh, when I was reading the Thrawn book, Ollie brought to my attention that... What are her friends' names again? Her friends are Juahir and Driller. They pronounce her name as Arinda in the audiobook. Driller does. And Juahir is just like, Arinda. Yeah. And that like valley girl. fucking free. Also, the platinum blonde wig, gagged. That's a that's a look. She that lived. She served cunt for like eighteen straight years, and then she bit it super fucking hard. That's girl bossery. So I've brought a girl boss to the table who everyone loves. Um, I don't know why I started like that. The OG original girl boss who I've brought is one Leia Organa. And I want to talk about her. She has so many girl boss moments, like so many defining moments. Um, There's so many parts from like everything she's been in, be it comics, books, movies, shows. Like she has girl boss moments in Rebels. And I'm like, this is not even your show. You're an icon. Um, But I do specifically want to talk about the original trilogy because that is where, you know, I think that means so much to so many people. Not only her as a character being a girl boss, but also like her as a character when those movies were coming out, because there was a very different climate. And while there were characters who were similar to her, who were like strong women, there were not a lot. And she was like, she's a defining figure in like girl bossery and in womanhood. And I think like, especially women in like like quote-unquote like nerd communities but like she is a really cool example of someone who is like very powerful and is still feminine and we still see her like her she clearly in the original trilogy a big part of her character is her relationship with Han Solo and while she is sort of playing the damsel in distress role for a lot of A New Hope and she does play that 
every so often throughout the original trilogy, she still does like she still is in control the vast majority of the time and she is not demeaned because she is a woman. Um, in fact, a lot of moments she is in charge. And I think like one moment that is maybe one of my most like memorable Leia moments, I don't think is anyone else's <laughs> not to say I'm different. Um, but there is a scene in Empire Strikes Back where they're evacuating the Hoth base and she's giving all of the pilots orders for like how they're going to do the evacuation. And I think about that all the time because she's just like her like five, three ass is like, okay, to all these like very tall men, she's like, okay, you guys are going to do this. And they're like, yes, ma'am. And they go and do it. And I'm like, yeah, that's girl bossery. I think the thing about Leia that I, I love, uh, I don't remember who originally pointed this out, but um, there's a thing that happens when men try to write like smart or capable women where they'll do this by just having them like one up the male characters. Like the man will be like, I have to solve this problem. And women will be like, oh my God, you didn't try this really easy method that I just thought about. And it basically the critique is that it takes the importance of women being able to think for themselves and have interesting character traits and it makes it a reflection of male characters. And what I like about Leia is that her strengths are not in reflection to the men in her life. Like she's good at what she does. She's a good leader. She's a good general because that's who she is. And that's never... Um, it's never because she's trying to one-up like a random ass dude. And when other dudes underestimate her, cough, cough, Han fucking solo, she's like, I will teach you to regret this moment for the rest of your life. <laughs> and I feel like she kind of, I mean, it would be a stretch to call Star Wars movies feminist because, uh, you know, metal slave bikini. But um, I, th I think at the end of the day, Leia was a really interesting start. I remember seeing her as a kid and being like, I fuck with this woman. But like I said, I am a gay person. So I was like, oh my God, women love. <laughs> she has helped to literally define what a girl boss is in like Western cinema. So it's like hard to talk about her in retrospect. Um, the other cool part about like talking about her in canon though is like um, her like almost like pedigree of girl bossery because like her, her birth mother, Padme, um, is the leader of the Girl Boss Avengers. She's a character who we thought about bringing here today. If you've read the Padme books, I mean, or if you've seen her in the movies, obviously, um, her birth mother is like, and, and then who is friends with Bail Organa, who would definitely go in boy boss territory, whose wife, Bria, is also a girl boss. And so then her parents, Bail and Bria, are like, they already, they embody girl bossery. Um, and then they, like, have this kid who's, like, genetically predisposed to girl bossery and then are also raised by girl bosses and they produce the ultimate girl boss, like, the final form. And then, you know, she trains Rey to also be a girl boss, um, and that's why Rey's able to fucking win, uh, against all the Sith, so, like, literally, like, the, the pedigree of girl bossery is, like... I mean, it's, and the fact that it, I mean, supposedly she has, has to have interacted with Ahsoka at some point, because, like, they were in the rebellion, but, like, um, I just, just thinking about the levels that have gone into making Leia who she is, also Mon Mothma, like, was around her, and also her mother, and, like, they worked together in the, in the rebellion. I do also want to say, um, 
this is really hard for other Star Wars fans to say, but my top four favorite characters have all met each other probably. So sorry, you can't be on my level. Anyway, I just wanted to say, I know for a fact you got Zeb, you got Rex, you got Ahsoka, you got Leia. I know that they were being a bestie squad and uh, so sorry if you can't relate. I think another thing that we would be remiss to not mention is Carrie Fisher Um, because the amount of, talk about a girl boss, um, the amount of girl bossery that woman put into the world is amazing. Like she was very much the like, yeah, everyone had like expectations of me and what they thought I was supposed to be. And I'm going to subvert that and like, you know, be very open and be very, you know, be very much an icon. And I think that that also really plays into how important this character is for so many people. Um, because she didn't fit the mold of what it's like, oh yes, she's this very beautiful demure princess. Like she, not only was Leia not like that, Carrie Fisher also wasn't like that. And I think that that's just, it's really cool to see women in like leadership positions like they were, like Leia was, but it's also cool to see women be like, actually, I'm not going to be doing that thing that you think I should be doing. And I don't care if I act weird or I don't care if I'm, you know, I'm different or I don't care if I have other stuff going on. It doesn't matter. And it's my life and you can go fuck off. I mean, that that's what we said. I, I believe that is how we are now defining girl bossery. <laughs> da, 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 da. Welcome to Is It Legends or Did I Just Make It Up? Listen, I am getting some looks from my co-host. I'm not a professional singer. I'm sorry. I thought it was amazing. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, I thought you did too. So. Michelle um, shaking her boots. (laughs) (laughs) Don't rain on my parade. Anyways, um, so welcome to our one of our favorite segments is it legends or did i just make it up um this is a segment wherein one of the hosts this time it is me um goes on wikipedia just kind of looks through legends articles and um challenges the other hosts to the question is this a legends fact or did i just make it up i will be keeping score um this week's edition will be about girl bosses are you all ready uh, our first, t- <laughs> our first uh, fact in Legends, Mara Jade had a close traveling companion during her time after being the Emperor's Hand, and his name was Crix, spelled K-R-I-X. Is it Legends or did I just make it up? That's Legends. I'm I'm just shooting from the hip. You made that up. I I know nothing about Mara Jade. Um, I think you made it up. Fucking Crix is that little twink from the High Republic that I hate. Hmm. Yeah, that boy is a child. Don't call him a twink. I'm so sorry. You're right. I'm going to start gatekeeping the word twink as the only white gay here. Mara Jade's like c- companion? Just like a traveling companion. They hung out for a bit. I mean, I can tell you things about him if you'd like. I Yeah, ex- explain, explain. Um, yeah, so Mara Jade was the Emperor's hand, aka, like, the Emperor's, like, little bestie, uh, doing little evil plans. Uh, she realized that that was fucked up, um, and started, like, her- decided to be her own girl boss and leave. Um, and she ran into this, uh, smuggler named Crix, and they became besties. So, 
once again, the more ridiculous it is, the more likely it is. So, so well, no, Jess has not guessed. I have not revealed if this is legends or did I just make it up. I think, I think you just made it up. Yeah, I did just make that up, especially that little part I just improv there. Um, that being yeah. said, that being said, no. there is a character Mara Jade interacts with named Crix who works for the Rebels, no. but it's Crix with a C. That's the funny thing. I did, I did know that there was a character that she interacted with whose name was Crix, <laughs> and I was like, "Hold on, that's not the same gentleman as you're describing." <laughs> no. <laughs> That's Anyways. the first one I've gotten right in like the last eight times that we've played this. It was actually in Legends, Mithran Yerodo, who informed Mara Jade Skywalker that she was pregnant. Additionally, her pregnancy with Ben Skywalker was much like Bella's in Twilight, which is to say, a rapid pregnancy. Is it Legends, or did I just make it up? Okay, so- you named my baby after the Loch Ness Monster! I do like Thrawn Skywalker is the she being like in honor of the man who told me I was pregnant. This is our son Thrawn. Thrawn being like, Bella, where have you been, Loka? Mara, where the hell have you been, Loka? I will say that you just mm, hmm. Can I ask a clarifying question? Of course. So that was a terrifying answer. <laughs> so Thrawn in Legends does have multiple interactions with Luke Skywalker. Yes. yes. There's like a whole war that they do. And Luke with two U's and then Luke with three U's. I don't know all of that. I just looked cool. through Mara Jade's uh, Wikipedia page for about three hours the other day. So I, okay. I really, the rapid pregnancy thing is throwing me. I know Legends has some batshit weird stuff, but like, I don't know about like a sea monkey child. So I'm trying, and I also love, here's here's how I think this works, though. Thrawn doesn't even, like, in the military in this version of Star Wars. <laughs> He's just an OBGYN. And <laughs> so he wicked Stop. isn't. Um, He wicked isn't. Everyone, please tell me your votes about now. I'm gonna say you made it up. I don't know. That feels wrong and I'm weird. I'm saying legends, because I, I want it to be true. I'm saying it was made up, or at least a part of it was. I'll say, I'll say that it's legends. So I did make it up. Fuck! I knew it, but I felt, I felt bad. I, you know what? Here's the sad thing is I was like, I should do whatever Claudia isn't doing. And then I was like, no, I'll side with her on this one. And I was wrong. Timothy Zahn has gone on record to say that Mara Jade's physical appearance, as listed on Wikipedia, emerald green eyes and fair slash lightly freckled skin is inspired by Dolly Parton's Jolene. Shooting from the hip. Yes, legends. <laughs> Oh my god. God, I hope that's true. I'm gonna say that that's that that's legends because purely because I want it to be true. Also, Tim- I wanna Timothy believe Zahn. in Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton stand Timmy. Timothy's on this is another case of you doing things that are accidentally extremely attractive to gay people. <laughs> like Like I wanna believe that's true because that would be so funny and epic. But hmm. I don't know, like I don't know if, if Timmy would do that. I don't know if he'd do that. <laughs> Maybe I just don't want to believe Timmy I, has it sure. in him to to like create something so like so gay that like but unintentionally gay. Here's what I I'm see, he pitching. Wrote Thrawn. Here's what I'm pitching though. Um, it's the Mortis arc, but the sister is played by Dolly Parton. Yes, the brother is played by Jolene. Final guesses. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay, say I want this up. to be real so desperately, um, but my, I'm gonna say that it's real because I want it to be real. Okay, well, I made it up, so fuck you guys. Um, <laughs> I got it right again! <laughs> fuck off! No. Um, yeah, I just was feeling fun and fresh after reading Mara Jade Skywalker's uh, Wikipedia page. That being said, there was like a portion of the article that was about Timothy Zahn talking about Mara Jade, which was like, it just felt weird in comparison to every other Wikipedia page I've I've looked at. It's, a, it's like the longest Wikipedia page I've looked at. And I also looked at Leia's. So also Timothy Zahn. Hi. Or maybe this isn't a Timmy decision, but um, why is why does she add Skywalker to her name? Like, why doesn't Luke also add Jade to his name? I don't think Jade is her last name. It is. It is her last name. <gasps> Wait. Her name. her name is Mara Jade. To be, her to last fair, name is Jade. Yes. <laughs> to be like fair, Jaded. Luke is a bottom, so it would make sense Wait. that he would hyphenate, but he oh. didn't. Are you serious? I'm not joking. That is I just legends. realized, why the fuck would Dave Filoni make Mara Jade Callis Aurelios' first name? La- like, why would he make Jade <laughs> part of her first name? That's the weirdest shit. Anyways. Wait, was, on the, was it on the Wikipedia page that um, Mara has two dads? Yes. Hey, listen. Callis well, that's only canon. It's probably not on the Mara Jade like it's not the canon page because that's, but it's not this. They're not this. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're they're right. not the same. I character, just wanted to say, I don't Mara Jade can have two, two first names. So I can do rapid fire for the next couple because it's the last one that I really need you guys to hear. Um, Mon Mothma had a son named Jobin who was killed by Darth Vader on Hoth. Is this legends or did I just make it up? Legends. I believe this is true. I, I want to say this sounds very familiar. Claudia has been wrong this entire game, so I'm going to say you made I it up. I usually win! Do you? I'll say you made it up. Say his name again? What? Oh. Jobin. J-O-B-I-N. Uh, Jobin. Sup, guys? It's me, Jobin uh. Mothma. Yeah, hi, I'm, I'm Jobin. Or so Jobin. Guys, yeah, I'm Jobin Mothma. Um. You know what? I've been doing, like, all Mel made it up. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to say it's Legends. It is Legends. Fuck! Finally! <laughs> so that's Claudia. I am so shocked and betrayed. It did. I just don't remember what I said. Who you said it was made up. Fuck. Yeah. That's a great. I would like. I my head is his name is John Mothma, but I don't know. Uh, I I don't. Hey, Mom I don't Mothma know. is a lesbian in my heart. Um. So that I just wanted to also, throw that out there. Maybe also, actually, she they just got like a like a donor, and she didn't. Fuck that kid is a or adopted. She just adopted. Or adopted. That's true. Her, strange. Partner's, her, par- her partner's trans. Or yeah, she's trans. True. That's true. Mm-hmm. Transmount Mothma. Anyways, <laughs> we've come stuff to so many. Size noodles is 1.75 meters tall, aka 69 inches tall. Is it legends or did I just make it up? Nice legends. <laughs> I think you made that up. That would be too good. I think you made it up. Jess? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just. <laughs> I'm like actually a 12 year old boy. He's been <laughs> 69 inches tall. And the fact that Claudia's first response was nice. <laughs> 13 year old. I don't know. She. How. If a foot is like 12 inches, <laughs> me trying to do math. Because in my head, you said 69 inches. I was just like, that seems short. But I was like, wait, no, a foot is like 12 that's actually inches. Like, that's actually quite tall. I know. I was like, I'm stupid. I can't do math. Well, how tall are huts? And she's like, yeah, because she's she's about the same height as zero or a little shorter than zero. Who do you think I am? Eli Vanto, I don't know anything about numbers. Just make the choice. We still have so many left to go. Uh, uh, I'm going <laughs> to 
say. <laughs> you just made it up, sure. I did just make it up. <laughs> Leia called her nephew, Ben Skywalker, Skycrawler in his infancy. Is it Legends or did I just make it up? Legends. Again, I'm going with it. That's real. I think that's really cute. So I'll say it's Legends. I'll say Legends, but not because I think it's cute. I think it'd be funny to call a baby that. I say you made it up. All right. Well, it is Legends. So. Damn. Got him. Oh, yeah. Yes. In 24 ABY, Leia and her children, Janna and Jason, were able to stop the Diversity Alliance, an anti-human organization, from wreaking havoc. Is it Legends or did I just make it up? That sounds racist enough that it has to be Legends because Legends is extremely problematic. I don't think this is something that Mel would make up, so I'm going to say that that's Legends. What? I wouldn't make up the Diversity Alliance? I don't think that you would. I don't... What about the Diversity Alliance seems like it wouldn't align with my values as a person. I think that's fucked up enough to be to be Legends. I think that it's just making me laugh to the point where I really want it to be Legends. I'm going to say it's Legends. It is Legends. Congratulations. Did we all make, we all got that? Okay, are we ready for like maybe my, my favorite Legends page of all time? In Legends, the Jedi Temple on Coruscant once held a Satine Hawkins dance wherein boys asked <laughs> or girls asked boys to the dance considered a reversal of the normal order is it legends or did i just make it up did you deadass just say a satine hawkins satine no, hawkins satine? satine hawkins dance so, satine i want this to be <laughs> is it spelled so the same bad. as like yes. fucking satine oh yep. no. and hawkins is spelled the same way that like a sadie <laughs> hawkins oh is it legends or did i just make that, it up okay that feels like some dumb shit that would have been in one of the clone wars comics so yeah. I'm going to say that's very Ahsoka's arc. Um, I will say that that's Legends. Legends. I will. Okay. It's the type of joke that you would make is the problem. But I want this to be Legends so bad. So I'm saying it's Legends. I also am going to say it's Legends. I don't know. Something about that has like some weird like stank on it. <laughs> It is Legends. Holy shit. I will let you guys know. I was like, okay, I'm going to go look at Satine's um, Legends page to be like, let's see. She's a girl boss. What's her deal? And I started to type in Satine and what came up but Satine Hawkins dance. And I almost shat myself. Hey, I'm looking it up now. And uh, it uh, appearance. Uh, Jedi Academy Return of the Padawans. So yeah, that was Legends or did I just make it oh up girl boss edition? That was, thank you for playing. Um, I believe City Hawkins, my beloved. Oh shit! Jess and Noah, you tied. Boba Fett stands moment. <laughs> but I'm still like the hold the crown for like. Yeah, I believe that you are. I know that I'm not the reigning champ because generally I do quite bad at this game. Okay, so it's once again time for everyone's favorite segment, name that ship, which is you know the segment where. <laughs> We bring a fanfic to the other hosts, and they have to guess, based off of the tags, what the ship is. And again, don't go looking for these authors. Don't go be mean to people. This is all in good fun. We're not trying to be mean to people. We appreciate and um, love all fanfic writers because they carry society on their backs. Anyway... (laughs) Here's my, um, what I've brought to the table this week. This is a fanfic called Castle on the Moor. It is a part of a, a series of 
a fix, but yeah. It is character A slash character B. And then uh, obviously character A, character A, character B, Will Huff Tarkin, artist character B, Sugar Mommy character A, Dog Walking AU, um, character A has a Rottweiler, fight me on that, character B is easily wooed, character A is smooth, like seriously, who w- wouldn't want character A as, <laughs> as her Sugar Mommy? A modern AU meet cute. So this is a gay ship, right? It's two women. Yes, it is two women. Can I Robots. say what a fucking brick to the head? <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this Empire era? Like not prequels era? Is this Empire? No. Are the Hall- characters? No, uh, they're not from the prequels. Although Tarkin is here for some reason. Okay, so, so is what sequels era? No. It is sequels there. So is one of them Amelyn Haldo? No. Fuck. Ray Sloan. No. Leia Organa. No. Okay, hold on. Is this Ray. um I can't I, I was asking yes, a question. Ray is, but Ray you got is it. So. Is Ray the sugar mommy? No, Ray is character B. Oh. It, how is <laughs> Okay. Um I have to ask. Is this a <gasps> character I know who it is. <laughs> Do you want to say it? It's Phasma. It is Phasma. Motherfucker. <laughs> Do you want to hear the summary? Why is Tark in there? I don't Whoa. know. Phasma. Being gay. That's her dad. It's funny because okay. in, the, um, in, that- in one of the other like fix in this like uh in this <laughs> multiple fic like collection, it does say um Will Huff is best dad as a tag what okay i do <laughs> like the idea of phasma being the tarkrenic child and being like <laughs> i'm like this because i hate my dads but yeah uh here's the summary uh ray is a small artist who through a little bit of luck has managed to get some of her pieces displayed at Wilhuff tarkin's galleries there phasma who unbeknownst unbeknownst to her employs Ray as her dog walker falls in love with Ray's castle on the moor. I did just have a, a force vision against my will of Captain Phasma as Lady Demetrasque from the Resident Evil game. Okay, but it's um the woman who voices Lady Demetrasque has said like if there was anyone who would play like a live action Lady Lady D, she'd want it to be Gwendolyn Christie because she says that she's tall enough and also has like the the class to be able the to idea, pull off Lady D. The idea of Captain Phasma being like Mother Miranda. Yes, I understand the importance of the ceremony. Like <laughs> I now all I want is Star Wars where she's in the full armor and she just goes, Well, well, Ethan Winters. Let's have a look at you. Like that's what Ethan I want Winters, to in Star Wars now. That's you know the, the guy from the ninth Jedi. Ethan is actually Ethan Winters. Ethan. Are we ready for the the second fan fiction? Okay. So it is a crossover that you're never going to guess in a million years, but I it's still fun to torture you. So this is character A, character B. Characters are Obi Wan, a character I'm assuming from the crossover, and I don't know who he is so unimportant mace windu plo Koon, count dooku additional tags include there was only one bed dream sequence listening to billy ray cyrus 
Lost in a Closet, Comic-Con, Cosplay. I can't say the rest of these tags because they are spoilers. Is this a Hannah Montana? (laughs) Stop bringing up Hannah Montana. No, that was my first question, though, is if it's a Hannah Montana crossover. I'm assuming the answer has to be no. No, it is not. Is there okay, let me just list like... off some franchises. Jurassic Park. No. How to Train no. Your Dragon. Wait, is, no. Is it, is it a crossover with something like like IRL that's like in our in our real world or like another like fictional? Like another fictional universe. Oh. It's not like RPF. Um, okay, wait. So the characters, not, not RPF, but like another it's... fictional universe that's like <laughs> present day. It like- is a present day media franchise, yes. Oh, I do like well, this- not franchise, but oh. I do like this RPF. Um, this is actually Anakin Skywalker slash RuPaul's Pod Race. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, is it like a like a popular like franchise right now? Um, I, I first of all, I don't know if it's technically well. I think it is a franchise. Um, because I think there's two of them. I don't know if it's particularly popular. I feel like it's just been here for a million years. There were some things I was starting to think about, but then I realized that one of the characters was someone that you didn't know. So I'm assuming that this is not a piece of media that you engage with. Is it Pacific not regularly? Brand? No, it is not. No, it's been around forever. Is it Star Trek? No, it is not. Is it older than Star Trek? No, it is younger than Star Trek. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. <laughs> that gives Let's us a, that gives a, us a good period of time to work with. No, it is not. Wait, wait. Can you give us an era that? So, is it a movie or TV show? TV show. Can you give us an era the TV show came out? It is still currently coming out. Um, it has been running for like I think like twenty years. Not supernatural. Doctor Not, Who? Nope, nope. Doctor Who's been on for no, long. Like, it's present day. Is, like, is it like Law and Order? Like- yeah, it is Law and Order. No! So funny that you say that. Law and Order. Is this Olivia Benson? It, it is Olivia Benson. Who is the character she is? Is it, with? An- is it Anakin Skywalker? It is not Anakin Skywalker. Is it a man? Wait, no, it's, it is are, not. Is it women? <gasps> is it is okay? Padme? Wait, it is Padme Amidala. <laughs> the title of this fan fiction is Olivia Benson in the case of the super secret Sith Lord. <gasps> um, the summary is Olivia Benson is stuck in the Star Wars universe, so she might as well figure out who that secret Sith Lord is. With the help of everyone's favorite senator, it should be a breeze. Can we talk about how Claudia fucking one shotted that by accident? The way that you were like, oh, is it like Law and Order or something? Like, well, you were like, it's been on forever. And I was like, Supernatural, Law and Order. There we go. I was like, I got a list of only procedurals the, left on network television. The two genders. <laughs> okay, there's like, oh, there's a couple other procedurals. Like, I, I will say for a brief castle. moment, before I knew it, that before I knew that it was a procedural and I was just like thinking of franchises, my brain did live in a world where there was a Jurassic Park Star Wars crossover. I and sure Probably. Thank you so much for joining us for our, uh, a roundtable on Girl Bossery Lean In Edition. Next week, we have a very special Ronin Visions novel episode planned. And in celebration, we're doing a giveaway of a copy of the book. Um, we're going to post how to enter uh, the giveaway on all of our social media. So be on the lookout at Rupal's Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And yes, unfortunately, we do also have a Facebook page. Um, the winner will be announced next Sunday when our Ronin episode comes out. So just keep in, keep a lookout. Um, also, if you really love the show, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Even if you don't use it as your podcatcher, it's very helpful. Uh, a big shout out to P Burger and uh, Juno is a dumbass for our new kind reviews. 
Um, and thank you for listening. May the force be with you, and don't criff it up. Waka waka. Waka waka. Waka waka. Uh, do you want to be your own waka waka boss? <laughs> waka waka boss is in my new gender.